0: By listening to the Conscious Fertility Podcast, you agree to not use this podcast as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others. Consult your own physician or healthcare provider for any medical issues that you may be having. This entire disclaimer also applies to any guests or contributors to the podcast. Welcome to Conscious Fertility, the show that listens to all of your fertility questions so that you can move from fear and suffering to peace of mind and joy. My name is Lauren Brown. I'm a doctor of traditional Chinese medicine and a clinical hypnotherapist. I'm on a mission to explore all the paths to peak fertility and joyful living. It's time to learn how to be and receive so that you can create life on purpose. So, welcome to the Conscious Fertility Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about baby manifestation. And I will share the science behind the manifestation process and why using conscious work can free up resources for healing, creativity and reproduction. Hi, my name is Lauren Brown, I'm your host and your guide. I'm a doctor of traditional Chinese medicine, I'm a clinical hypnotherapist and also trained in Resurpers Rapid Transformational Therapy. And I'm going to share tools with you today that help you uncover and transform your subconscious limiting beliefs. And how you can elicit the relaxation response to free up energy and resources for healing and reproduction. And you'll learn my steps to manifestation that I use in my clinical practice with patients that are wanting to have a baby. So I want to start off with just listing the manifestation steps. There are six of them and we're going to go into more detail today in each of these steps. And then in future podcasts, we'll go into even deeper um, ways for you to master these manifestation steps, especially when it comes to fertility. So, the six manifestation steps that I like to discuss, and I should let you know that these are used by many people from Law of Attraction, manifestors, and I just, through my reading and my own training and my own practice, have kind of organized it this way. So, the six steps are quiet, body, and mind. Two is clearly set your intentions and desires. I call this setting your GPS. Three is adding an emotional charge. Four, clear negative beliefs, remove resistance. Five, come from gratitude and appreciation. Basically, believe as if you have it already. And then six, get out of your own way. So, these six, again, quiet body and mind. So, eliciting the relaxation response. Clearly set your intentions, desires, what you want and why do you want it. So, when it comes to fertility, it's being clear on how is this baby going to make me feel differently. When I am pregnant... How am I going to feel? What's different about me? How am I different? How do I feel different? This is key. Setting your attention, setting your GPS is very key. That's the intention. And then three, two and three are so important here. Three, adding emotional charge. How you feel if you were to have it? What would be different? These are very important in the manifestation process. If you're not able to clearly communicate what you want and why you want it, the why is the emotional charge then of course, it's going to be difficult to get there. It's like setting your GPS. If you don't set the destination, how can your car get you there? And you don't have to worry about how to yet. When you set your GPS, you just tell the vehicle, the GPS, the destination, then it starts to tell you to turn left or right. And if you set the destination clearly and you make a wrong turn, it's just recalculated. It keeps wanting to take you where you need to go. So two and three very carefully are very important. Clearly setting your intentions, desires. So wanting to have, in this case, a baby. And three, add an emotional charge. How will you feel if you were to have it? What would be different? Four, clear negative beliefs. So this is where we remove resistance that keeps you out of a receptive mode. When it comes to fertility, flow and receptivity are key. And so, we'll talk a lot about removing resistance. And this is my favorite part in an approach I have developed in my practice, helping people identify and remove limiting beliefs and, and reprogramming their subconscious so it works for them, serves them better. Five is coming from gratitude and appreciation. So, believe as if you already have it. And then six, getting out of your own way. Basically, another way of saying don't be attached to form and outcome. And this is possible. You can get to a place where you want the baby, you still have the desire, but not being attached to form an outcome means you want it, but there's no longer this need, this craving, this desperation, meaning you will be okay, you will be happy, you'll you'll have peace, you'll be whole and complete, whether you have baby or not. And I know this because I've seen this in my practice, and it's not surprising, it's a little paradoxical, but once you come to that acceptance where you're not attached to form an outcome, you definitely want it. But it's not this deep craving, need, or desperation. That's often when miracles happen. So, I want to borrow a quote from uh, Mahatma Gandhi. And it's kind of based on how I see why your thoughts create your reality. He says, your beliefs, hence your subconscious programs, your beliefs become your thoughts. Your thoughts become your words. Your words become your actions. Your actions become your habits. Your habits become your values. Your values become your destiny. So it starts off with your beliefs become your thoughts. And the last line is your values become your destiny. And in the middle of that quote, I said, your, your words become your actions because you are basically the accumulation of all the activities, actions you've taken, but it starts off with mindset. And, you know, if you think of a, like a pyramid, you think of a triangle, the peak is the mindset, and then everything else trickles down from there. And so, your activity is going to be based on your programs and your subconscious programs in this case. And so, this is why it's really important for conscious work, because when you're in your consciousness, when you're awake, you're aware, they say that's about 5% of the time. And 95% of the time, you wander into these subconscious programmings. What do you think when you get up in the morning, you get dressed? You're thinking about your day and everything else that's going on, but yet you know how to brush your teeth. You put your pants on the same way every day. If you're driving, you can be on the phone, hands-free, of course, or listening to music, thinking about lots of things, and yet you find a way to get to your destination. And you're not consciously thinking about, put my foot on the gas, put my foot on the brake, turn left, right, blinkers. Your subconscious is taking care of that. It is driving you. And that's 95 percent of the time. But what happens if 95 percent of the time, when you're running your life from your subconscious programs, that those programs don't serve you, and they're in conflicting with your conscious mind, and your conscious mind are the desires, the dreams you have, the, what you want to create in your life, in this case, a baby, but you're only there five percent of the time. 95 percent of the time you're in your subconscious. So when the subconscious and the conscious conflict, guess what? The subconscious wins. When your heart conflicts with your mind? your heart wins, your heart being your desire. So when your desires from that conscious mind, that 5% conflict with your deep-seated programs and beliefs, your subconscious, your subconscious wins. So your life today is based on your habits, all the daily actions you've been taking. Your habits are your subconscious programming. So the key point is your reality constantly is reaffirming your internal state, your programs. Your reality is reflection of the programs you are running. Conscious work is about changing that 95%. So when you wander in to the 95% unconsciously, you just do it. You don't help. You can't help yourself. It's what you do. If they're congruent, then it doesn't matter whether you're coming from that conscious 5% of the brain time or you're in that 95%. If they're congruent, they're running the same program. Currently, for most of us, they are not. And I want to use a story of a patient and I'm going to talk about Throughout these podcasts, I'm going to invite patients to tell their stories that have used this conscious fertility approach. But today, I want to share a story about a woman with fibromyalgia, the diagnosis. It's one of my favorite examples of how changing the conscious program, how it changes, and it gives, gives you a real-life example of how it plays out as well. So, she was diagnosed with fibromyalgia. So, her main complaints were that she had fatigue, pain, and felt depressed. And so in our session, she came for acupuncture and I did some mind-body work. We use the acupuncture to help elicit that relaxation response. The parasympathetic nervous system helps get your brain into that alpha brainwaves, which I believe is how we get into that operating system. When you're in that parasympathetic and alpha brainwaves, we have an opportunity to change those programs. But once she was in that relaxed state, I did some timeline therapy with her and she was able to remember a time when she was healthy before her diagnosis, before her symptoms came. And she was remembering what it, what it looked like, like what she looked like, what people said to her, what her inner voice was. And she really was allowed herself while she's on my table with her eyes closed, she allowed herself to re experience the health of how, how she felt energized, comfortable, and positive. And then we future paced it that she's had a cure, it's five years from now, and she's healthy again, as if it's happening now. Key here is the subconscious only knows the now. And so, if you're always thinking about what it will be like, and you're actually thinking it's off into the future, it's not quite the language for the subconscious. We invited her, I invited her to experience her future as if it's happening now, And that she's fully healed and she's healthy now. And how does she know what has happened? What is different now that she's healthy? And she shared with me how her hair was different. She had a new style. She noticed her posture, how she stood up more straight, almost appearance of confidence, her shoulders, were back. She noticed that her breathing was different and her gait, even how she walked. When she imagined herself walking by a reflection of herself, how she looked, the clothes she was wearing. She noticed how people were commenting how good she looked. Um, She was aware of her inner voice, how happy she was to be feeling good again and being having energy and feeling comfortable in her body. And she just got to experience that on the table for about 15 to 20 minutes. She experienced that while lying on the table with some acupuncture and just really living as if it's happening now. And so what happened there is she ignored or denied her current reality. And made her inner world more real than her outer world, okay? Because the subconscious, by the way, can't tell the difference between an inner and outer experience, between reality and imagination. That's why when you go to a movie, you can laugh and cry, even though a part of you knows those are actors and actresses on the screen, but you're able to go into it. And so, the subconscious can't tell the difference between inner and outer experience. So, when she's feeling these feelings, she's releasing chemicals in her body that Turn on and off genes for health and longevity. And yes, even reproduction. Back to our story here with the patient that was diagnosed with fibromyalgia. She comes back to my clinic 10 days later and she shared with me that she was really sore. So my program came up that I, I did. I'm not good enough. <laughs> my fraud program came up that I'm not a good practitioner, of course. But she later um, in that, in our discussion, she shared that she had joined a gym. And she just started going. And so, she's sore from working out. Now, here's the key part, which ties into Gandhi's quote about your beliefs and programs create your destiny. So, follow, follow with me, please, on this one. I never suggested or told her that exercise is beneficial if you have a diagnosis of fibromyalgia. I didn't say that exercise is good for fatigue and depression. All we did is set her GPS. We set her destiny that where she's going. So, we said it that what it would be like if she's healthy. So, she had her clear destiny. She was able to really experience that emotion, what it felt like physically. She really had a physical experience and she shared how how good she felt, her gratitude as well. So, we only set her GPS. We did not tell her how to get there. I didn't tell her where to take a left or a right like in GPS. All we did is set the GPS because I know the subconscious will take care of it that may be not so impressive to you guys. Oh, big deal, right? She joined a gym and you didn't tell her to join a gym. She figured that out on her own. Well, here's the key part to this story. She actually walks to work daily, five days a week. And on her way to work and on her way back from work to home, she passes a gym on, on one of the streets. And for the last three to four years, she has walked by that gym multiple times, at least 10 times a week for years. And she never had the inclination to join that gym. But after our session, she was walking by that gym and for some, whatever reason, she had the desire to go in and join it. And she did. And now she's working out, which by the way, is good for, or can be good for depression and pain from fibromyalgia and fatigue. All these opportunities always exist. But if your program is, I am a victim, if your program is, I have fibromyalgia, I am depressed, if you have that program and that belief, the subconscious wants congruency. It doesn't want it to be incongruent. And so, it's going to unconsciously help you choose opportunities, activities that are going to reaffirm the belief, I'm not well, I am a victim, I'm not deserving. And when you change your program, like she did, to being healthy and well and confident, then it's going to let you see these opportunities that have always, by the way, been available to you, but there's only so much you can take in. The subconscious sees everything. It's like a supercomputer. But your conscious mind can only take in so many chunks of information. And so, all these things are available to you, but only so much gets filtered in for you to be aware of. And so, this is why it's important for the subconscious programming, the GPS that you set, because then you'll start to see different opportunities that will lead you to the desire that you want to have. So, when we talk about manifestation and in particular, baby manifestation, when you set your GPS, number two, when you clearly set your intention and your desire, and number three, you had the emotional charge, really allow yourself to feel pregnant, to allow yourself to be birthing or holding your baby or pushing your baby in the carriage and notice how that makes you feel. That's the key and write it down. Why do you want to have this baby? How are you going to feel? What is going to be different? This is very key because that is you setting the GPS. You're telling your GPS, this is where we're going. This is our destination. When you do the exercise though, remember number five is if you already have it. Allow yourself to dream for a period of time that you're fertile, you're pregnant, see yourself pregnant, how does it feel? Why do you want to be pregnant? You have a baby, why do you want to have a baby? And get really clear on that. And if you journal, I would document that in the journal. And as we get into discussing baby manifestation, it's an important reminder to bring up our body's innate ability to heal. Now, when you sleep at night, your autonomic nervous system, which is your subconscious too, your heart pumps, your blood circulates, and your cells repair all while you're asleep, all while you're unconscious. That's the subconscious. That's the autonomic nervous system. And your body knows how to release hormones and direct nutrients to nourish and mature your eggs and release one egg from a follicle allow for to receptivity. If everything's in balance and the environment is healthy. And so, our goal is to support the body's innate ability to heal. Think of it this way. When you cut yourself, you don't have to sit and look at the cut and say, heal, heal, heal. The body knows how to do this. You don't have to control everything on us. The subconscious does. It's a supercomputer. However, there are some simple, small steps that you can do that over time lead to big results. And basically, this is about freeing up your resources for healing and reproduction. Because basically, disease, dis-ease, is basically when the environment, your thoughts, your beliefs, or pathogens and things, uh, drugs that you may take, interfere with the body's innate ability to heal. And in Chinese medicine, one of the number one causes of poor health and dis-ease is our emotions out of balance, stress. In Chinese medicine, they often call it qi stagnation. Some healers or conscious teachers call it resistance or friction. And when you think about it, resistance, when we have resistance in the system for electricity, for example, on a wire, then less energy can flow. And if we're able to lower or remove the resistance, then more energy flows. And when it comes to conscious fertility, it's all about flow and receptivity. That's why the tagline is receiving, receptivity, receiving life on purpose. And so conscious fertility is about flow and receptivity. So naturally, the intention here is to reduce and resolve resistance, which is a form of stress, right? The emotional side of it is stress. I love this quote I read, and I don't remember who said it, but it says you, I think it might have been Byron Katie um, who said this, you can't change the projected world, but you can change mind, the projector. Just notice when things are out of balance, there's a built-in signal that will always let you know it's called stress. Now, when you're feeling stressed or alarmed, Then you are engaging the fight or flight nervous system, which is known as the sympathetic nervous system, which is preparing your body to fight or flight and sometimes freeze. And when this happens, your body mobilizes its energy to survive. So you don't always have those resources available for healing, creativity, and in our case, reproduction, because it's been mobilized for survival. Literally, your priority goes for survival. So the blood is actually diverted from digestion from your skin, and from reproduction to go to your heart, major muscles, and lungs so you can fight or flight. Even over time, your immunity, your immune system drops from always being in sympathetic overdrive in the fight or flight. It's part of your nervous system as in it can be healthy. It's, it's okay to have a fight or flight sympathetic response when there's a real threat to your life. But currently, we're in sympathetic fight or flight because we have a deadline or we have stress about fertility. Now, all these things are worrisome and things that you don't want in your life, but they're not threatening to your life. The sympathetic nervous system is meant to be engaged occasionally, but it's always engaged in our life these days, especially if you watch the news or you're on Facebook. You're constantly engaged in your sympathetic fight or flight, which is pulling resources from your reproductive system and other systems and organs that are preventing you to enjoy vitality and good health the other nervous system is called the parasympathetic nervous system also known as the rest and digest nervous system and as well breed and feed emphasis here on breed and if you think of like a a combustible car like a gas car they say that it's okay and good for the car to accelerate and floor it for a little bit to bring those RPMs up to close to or into the red. It's good for your car. But if you drove your car for an hour with the RPMs in the red, that probably is not good for your your engine. And that's the same thing with our nervous system. Going in and out of sympathetic for very short periods of the time is probably not an issue. But if you're constantly in the sympathetic fight or flight nervous system feeling alarmed, and there is no benefit to this alarm because you're really not going to die, there is no wild animal or car boat to hit you, then it wreaks havoc and the stress hormones interfere with your fertility, the sex hormones. And it also leads to more systemic chronic inflammation as well. And so, this is why it's important to regularly engage the parasympathetic the relaxation response. I want to emphasize here that it's not so much the stressor, but how you perceive the stress. And in conscious work, I often share how um, everything that happens is neutral, and then we give it meaning. And so it's not so much the stressor, the environment, what happened is causing the stress, but how you think and feel about what happens. Basically, there is an event, a stressor. In this life event, you have a perception. Of what's going on. You give it meaning. And that meaning determines your mental emotional response. And that could result in either a positive or negative response. And that positive negative response has electrical changes in the heart and nervous system, which then ultimately affect your immune and hormonal response, which then results in affecting your physiological response. It has a physiological effect. So, I just wanted to share this is how we have Disease comes from what we say, qi stagnation in Chinese medicine. We're also calling it resistance. And we're not having that flow and receptivity. And over time, how this has a physiological effect on our body, on our tissue, on our organs, on our reproduction. Because if you're constantly having this, the stress response affects your heart and nervous system, which affects your immune hormonal system, which affects your physical health. So the importance of eliciting the relaxation response. The parasympathetic nervous system, which we said is the rest and digest, breed and feed nervous system, is because, as we mentioned earlier, when you're in the sympathetic dominance, the fight or flight, you get poor digestion, tight muscles, insomnia, fatigue, your immune system's down, so frequent colds and flus, and you get less blood flow to your reproductive organ, which can slow your journey to pregnancy. And so, your energy when you're in sympathetic, when you have resistance in the body, Your energy is being mobilized for survival, and therefore it's not available for health, creativity, and reproduction. However, if you train your body and regularly, purposely elicit the relaxation response, which I'll share with you shortly, then you're now in the parasympathetic nervous system, and you are now freeing up those resources for healing, for creativity, and reproduction. So let's talk about quieting the body and the mind because you remember in the manifestation process, I gave you six steps, quick review, quiet body and mind, clearly set your intentions, desires, the GPS, add emotional charge, clear negative beliefs. So remove the resistance, which we're talking a little bit about now. Come from gratitude number five and get out of your own way. Step one was quiet body and mind. Just practicing these relaxation response to quiet the body and mind You are removing and lowering the resistance. And we know in physics that when there's resistance in a system, less energy flows. And if we lower the resistance or remove the resistance, the qi stagnation, then we have more energy flow. And it's not surprising, Chinese sages were so brilliant. There's a saying that qi stagnation, that when there is no qi flow, there is pain and disease. And so that's why in acupuncture, we're always looking to create qi flow, energy flow help remove that resistance. So it's one tool we can use for relaxation. But let's talk about all the easy access, free techniques that are available to you to uh, free up your resources for health, creativity, and reproduction. One of my favorite relaxation techniques to help quiet the body and mind is the breath. The breath can be used to communicate to our nervous system that you are safe. And thus helps calm the sympathetic, the fight or flight, and activate that relaxation response the parasympathetic nervous system. Basically, with the breath, you can lower that resistance, which allows more flow and receptivity. And the reason the breath works so well is because although you have some voluntary control, it's part of that autonomic nervous system. For example, if we compare it to your heart, you're not sitting there thinking, I need to beat my heart, right? You're not thinking my heart has to pump. Does it all by itself. And if I ask you to speed up your heart or slow it down, you pretty much can't do that with your mind. And if I ask you to stop your heart, I don't think you can do that either. Same with your breath, with the not thinking about breathe in, breathe out. You haven't been listening, going, okay, now I got to take a breath in. Okay, now I better exhale this air. You haven't been thinking about it. It's happening all on its own. However, you do have some voluntary control because I could ask you to speed up your breathing or slow down your breathing. And I could even invite you to hold your breath for four seconds, and you could do this. So, the breath is unique in that it's part of your autonomic nervous system. But because you have some voluntary control, you can change the rhythm of your breathing. And when your breathing changes to a certain way that we're going to describe in a moment, it communicates to your nervous system that you are safe and helps engage the parasympathetic nervous system, the rest and digest, breathe and feed nervous system. And through some research, we have learned that. The long exhale, the exhale is what's engaging the parasympathetic. So in the style that I do for breathing, a modified box breathing technique, I have you breathe in through your nose for a count of four, hold for a count of four, and breathe out through your mouth for a count of eight. And it's a slow exhale, almost as if you're trying to whistle. That's how your lips are as you breathe out. Nice, slow, steady breath. You breathe in for four through the nose, hold for four, and exhale for a count of eight through your mouth and encourage you to do four to six of those to consider that a sitting breathing technique. And so, in for four, hold for four, hold for eight is considered one. and You do that four to six times at least. Let's practice now if you want to. We'll just do this for a couple of breaths. So, let's just take a deep breath in and exhale the air to clean it out. Oh, and before I go there to do that, one thing I want to add a little Chinese medicine twist to it is I invite you while we're doing this breathing exercise to put your tongue to the roof of your mouth, just behind your front teeth. Um, In Chinese medicine, it creates a circuit. So that's why we're doing this, this uh, inner orbit, the circuit we want that is good for health and balance. And I'm always a fan of practicality. You know, When your tongue's at the roof of your mouth, it prevents you from clenching your jaw because it creates a little space between your Bottom and top teeth, so there's a logical, practical step as well. So let's just clean out our lungs by taking a breath in and clear your lungs. And now, mouth closed, tongue to the roof of your mouth, and breathe in for a count of four. One, two, three, four. Hold with your mouth closed. Two, three, four. And now, exhale through your mouth slowly, steady. Three, four, all the way out for a count of eight, seven. And eight. Breathe in slowly. Nice deep belly breath. One, two, three, and four. Hold two, three, and four. And on this exhale, just surrender any tension, any worry as you release your breath all the way out for a count of eight. Inhale through the nose. One, two, three, and four. Hold two, three, and four. And exhale two. Three, four, all the way out for a count of eight. Breathe in peace and calmness on the inhale, breathing that in for a count of four. And then bathe in that calmness for a count of four. And then as you exhale, just surrender and let go of any tension, any worry on the exhale, all the way out for a count of eight. And one last time inhale, one, two, three, and four. Hold, two, three, and four. And then exhale all the way out, two, three, four, all the way. And that's just a simple technique that you can do several times a day. It's one of those things, small steps leads to massive big results. And it's neat how it engages your parasympathetic. And my patients have shared that after doing that for 20, 30 plus days on a regular basis throughout the day that they notice their hands and feet warm up. And of course, more circulation because when you're in sympathetic overdrive, the blood is diverted from your extremities, right? To those internal organs, protect them you get cold hands and feet. And we often think the same idea. If your hands and feet are cold, there's poor circulation, then probably not as get, not getting um, as good blood circulation as you're capable of to your ovaries, to your reproductive system. And if you practice this daily, several times a day, and you notice your hands and feet are warming up, then also let's assume that we're increasing blood flow to your reproductive system. How often? There is no real limit to this, but I recommend invite you to do it first thing when you wake up and last last thing before bed. I also suggest before meals and anytime you're feeling stressed. I usually do with my eyes closed, but if I'm in a place where I can't close my eyes, for example, if I'm driving, I'll keep my eyes open. And if I'm stressed and driving, either because of what's going on in the traffic Or because of what's going on in my inner mind, right? I get caught up in my thoughts. I will come to the breath and just tell my body I'm safe. And I'll go in for four, hold for four, hold for eight. And I'll do that four to eight times quite often. So first thing when you wake up, Anytime you feel stress, definitely before meals. Why? Because parasympathetic is rest and digest. It's part of the digestive. So if you want to be able to absorb your meals better, you want that parasympathetic activated, not sympathetic. And so it's a great way to um, activate the parasympathetic before you eat. And then obviously, anytime you're stressed and when you go to bed at night. Another way to elicit the relaxation response is through body scans. This is a way of, again, engaging the alpha brain waves. Alpha is the power of the now, basically being here in the present. That's what alpha is. It's the resting state for the brain. And alpha waves have been said to aid in overall mental coordination, calmness, alertness. It helps with mind-body integration and learning as well. Um, this is where we get to access the operating system known as the subconscious. And so, alpha brainwaves are, are a good place to get yourself into regularly. If you're not familiar with brainwaves, there's lots on the internet. You can read about it. In short, in general, when you're focused, you're in beta. When you're overwhelmed, you're in high beta. And then when you're kind of in that relaxed, detached, relaxed state, that's alpha. Theta, you're in that subconscious part of that idea. And delta is when you're in in sleep. The reason the body scans work well, and often guided imagery works well, where they have you imagine you're on a boat or in a bath, is it's called open focus. It's an inner experience. And so, when you are in the sympathetic fight or flight, you are externally referred. You are very focused, narrow focus, opposite of open focus, you're narrow focus. You're in survival mode. When you're in open focus, and to really sense your body and do a body scan, that requires open focus. And and to do this, it tells the body, again, it's another form of you're safe and you're going from the high beta to alpha. And I like the the story and the research shared by um, Dr. Les Femi. He wrote the book, The Open Focused Brain. And his story goes back to where he was studying the different techniques and from ancient cultures and sages, how they said they were eliciting the relaxation response. And what he was predicting is eliciting the alpha brainwaves. And so, he wanted to reproduce this in a lab. And so, he's hooked up to these um, EEGs and while doing these techniques. And he gets frustrated because none of them work. He's doing them like they say, but he's not seeing any change in brainwaves. And so, finally, one day, he just gives up. He's like, it doesn't work. And he surrenders. He stops. But he's still hooked up when he finally quits. He's still hooked up to the machine. And when he finally lets go, this is the key here. When he finally lets go, when he finally surrenders, he automatically goes into alpha. And so in conscious work and in the tools that I'll be sharing with you throughout our podcast, The key is using these tools to help bring you into alpha brainwaves, because that is a form of surrendering. When you can fully accept what is, when you can surrender what is, and surrendering doesn't mean that you're resigned to it or that you like it. It just means that you're accepting what is. You get into alpha. And that is, again, the power of now brainwave. And that's how you can change your subconscious programming when you're in that alpha state. Anyways, his message from doing this, so again, we're talking about the body scan here, but his message is that many of us have become stuck in this narrow focus attention, right? He calls it a tense, constricted survival mode of attention that holds us in a state of chronic stress. And I add here, this is that resistance, right? That doesn't allow the energy flow. And he believes this lies at the root of common ailments, including anxiety, depression, um, ADD, and stress-related migraines and more. I'll add subfertility. And he says to improve these conditions, we must learn to return to a relaxed, diffuse, and creative form of attention, which he calls open focus, which again brings you into alpha waves. And so I share a meditation that um, I think in the show notes, you can see where you can download, where I will take you through a short meditation where we'll use the breath and a few other mind hacks, including the open focus technique to bring your brain into alpha to elicit those relaxation response um in the body, which I share lowers or releases that resistance to allow you to become more receptive and have flow. I'm gonna share a baby manifestation story with you. And then we'll finish up with a few more of the steps and in the manifestation process. I share the story because I really think it's how she engaged her subconscious in her mind that made a difference for her. Again, for patient confidentiality, let's call her um, Stephanie. She's 40, and uh, she'd come to me after uh, an unsuccessful cycle where they did the genetic testing, the chromosomal screening. They were quite pleased, the clinic, that at her age, they were able to grow seven embryos to blastocyst to be biopsied for testing, but all seven came back abnormal from the genetic testing. She was quite devastated and anxious. In her intake, she shared that anxiety was a big thing for her. She also felt inflamed in her body. She had a lot of pain and um, things with her skin that made her feel that she was inflamed. She had um, insomnia and she felt cold often, especially cold extremities. She was preparing and getting ready to do another IVF. She came to my clinic for the low-level laser therapy that we do with fertility. She wanted the herbal medicine and supplements, everything she could do to optimize her fertility, to get to that peak fertility potential before she did another IVF. She was open to the conscious work. And so we did that. We actually did mostly herbs, diet supplements, and conscious work. The acupuncture, we use laser acupuncture just because she was sensitive to, uh, to needles. She had that transformation on my table. So to share with you, she did the physical. Remember I shared earlier, it's bi-directional. The physical affects the mental-emotional, the mental-emotional affects the physical. My opinion is mindset is key, especially as we get older into our late 30s and into 40s, that I think the mindset, the fertile mindset and conscious work is key to help with that receptivity. And over the months, and she was willing to do six months before an IVF, and over the weeks that we worked together, the transformation, to see the change, she changed her perception. She knew she felt different, but you reserved a different, a different demeanor about her. There was a sense of more calm, calmness and confidence. And again, she got to that place, and this is where I say everybody can be a success, where she got to a place where she shared that she really wants this baby, but she's okay whether she does or does not have this baby. And so, she knew she found that sense of peace. And she really connected and got aligned to herself. And again, we did these tools in the practice. So, she'd come in. Sometimes I do a few needles, but mostly the laser work. And then we would work together for 45 minutes to an hour, working on removing those limiting subconscious beliefs. And one of those steps, remember that step? Having her focus on steps one to six. But um, a lot of the work I do in the treatment room is helping people remove the resistance. And she had that transformation. And she conceived naturally and had a baby. Remember, she did IVF. Seven embryos came back abnormal, and then she was able to conceive naturally. Also, after she came back for her second child, because she had miscarried trying for her second, and she just needed a tune-up. We literally came in. She already had been doing these practices before. And like, it's common. We sometimes forget the tools and and to make them fully habits. And so she just needed one or two reminder sessions to kind of get back into the, the conscious work that she was now doing at home. And then she was able to conceive and birth baby number two naturally. And she's already a year or two older, right? She came to me originally at 40. And so from an IVF cycle where seven embryos got tested, all were abnormal. She had many embryos, but only seven grew up to blast, and none of them were normal to having two babies naturally. Again, watching her transform on that table, how she transformed her life. I did the guide. I was her facilitator. Yes, I guided, but she did all that in her work and to see that transformation for her. And I think that's what opens up the receptivity. So I have a hidden agenda why I do this as well. You know, I want to see a peaceful planet for myself, my family. I want a peaceful planet for you. And I believe that if we become conscious, if we are conscious, then we have, we don't feel so separate. We feel more connected. There's less chance of competing with each other or going to war, less chance of damaging our environment. And I really think it's an inner process um, that's going to help heal our planet by we healing our minds, healing the trauma and healing our minds and connecting with our inner child. Um, I do believe through conscious work, um, we'll see a shift in our planet. That's my hope. And so the Conscious Fertility podcast, I'm hoping that from this, we'll have more conscious parents. And one of my conscious teachers said that in one generation, we can heal the planet. In one generation, if these children had conscious parents, so developmentalists versus behaviorists, we were all raised by behaviorists. But if we had developmentalists where the parents attached to their children, meaning that the children's needs got met, they predict that we would see no more suicide in the youth, drug use, gangs, cutting, eating disorders, that they would get their attachment needs so they wouldn't have these dysfunctional behaviors. That's my intention is through Conscious Fertility, the women that listen to this podcast, the women I get to see in my practice in Vancouver, that... They heal their minds and then they become conscious parents, which will change the next generation and we'll have a better planet because of that. So in the manifestation process, step one is quiet, the body and mind. Step two, clearly set your intention, set that GPS. Three, the emotional charge. It is key. Why do you want that baby? What will it fulfill in you? How will you feel? How will you be different? This is really key. And you're asking on a deep soul level when you're asking yourself, Why do you want this baby? Remember earlier, I talked about the fibromyalgia story. There's all these missed opportunities because of the programs we're running that we filter out things so we don't notice things that can help us reach our desire. And so there's that like attracts like. For example, when you're shopping for a car, you start to notice that make and model on the road. Now, there's no more of that make or model on the road, but because that's where you've put your attention, you start to notice it more. You filter out that more. Same thing for you on the fertility journey. All of a sudden, you're noticing more people are pregnant, more strollers, or every TV show is talking about IVF or miscarriages. That's because that's kind of in your filter settings. And so, this is why setting your GPS to the reality you want, not the reality you don't want, the reality you want. Why do you want this baby? This is key because then you start to filter differently and you'll start to see opportunities that you might have missed before that will help you um, on your journey here. And then after adding the emotional charge, often, not always, but often, negative programs, beliefs come up. And that's where we want to remove that resistance. Many of us sabotage our desires because we run into these subconscious programs, often inherited from childhood, that block us from experiencing joy and achieving our goals of health, loving relationships, abundance, and happiness. And you can choose to rewire your brain and to remove those programs that no longer serve you and replace them with new programs and beliefs that serve your best interests. And this is what we'll see in future episodes on Conscious Fertility is tools and techniques to help you shift and change your story, remove these programs so you can tell yourself a different story and change your program so they serve you better. There's a quote, um, again, I apologize for not remembering who, who shared it, but it's coming to my mind right now, it says, you feel good not because the world is right, but your world is right because you feel good. So this work is all inner work, and it's really the power of the mind that we're using here. And to quote Deepak Chopra, I do remember who said this, it's okay to believe in the diagnosis. You know, it's what your doctor tells you. It's okay to believe in the diagnosis. Deepak Chopra is an MD um, and a a famous author. And he goes on to say, but you do not have to believe in the prognosis. So, what's some of the evidence around conscious work about setting these desires and and emotionally experience it as if it's really happening? Is there any data or studies? Yes, there is. Of showing that there is a physiological effect. So, I want to talk about Dr. Ellen langer phd um harvard psychologist who ended up writing a book called counterclockwise and what she did is she took men so i'm will i going to read kind of the transcript here in the fall of 1981 because we're going to hear how she took these men put them into an experiment and yes there was a physiological shift um based on this experiment and it was all mind body stuff uh, on one day in the fall of 1981 Eight men in their 70s stepped out of a van in front of a converted monastery in New Hampshire. They shuffled forward. A few of them arthritically stooped, a couple with canes. Then they passed through the door and entered a time warp. So this is the part where they, she's using props to have them experience as if they're living back when they were younger. Um, So, what's playing for them? Some of you may not have never heard these people, because again, for these people, this was in the prime of their day. Perry Como crooned on a vintage radio. Ed Sullivan welcomed guests on a black and white TV. Everything inside, including the books on the shelves and the magazines lying around, were designed to conjure 1959, right? So, this is when the men would have been in uh, in their late 40s. This was to be the men's home for five days as they participated in a radical experiment Cooked up by a young psychologist named Ellen Langer. The subjects were in good health, but aging had left its mark. This was before 75 was the new 55, says Langer, um, who is the longest serving professor of psychology at Harvard. Before arriving, the men were assessed on such measures as dexterity, grip strength, flexibility, hearing and vision, memory and cognition. Probably the closest thing the gerontologists of the time could come up with for testing biomarkers of the age. Langer predicted the number would be quite different after five days when the subjects emerged from what was to be a fairly intense psychological intervention, and she was correct. In the story, they share how And they covered the mirrors and men stopped using their walkers and their canes. They started playing a few more activities outside. And uh, really, because they couldn't see themselves, there was no mirrors and everything around them would take them back to when they were in their more in their prime. The body responded. See, the subconscious can't tell the difference between this is my interpretation the inner and outer experience and their behaviors and their environment impacted how they started to feel, and they could measure after the study physiological changes. And then to Langner, she says, this was evidence that the biomedical model of the day, that the mind and the body are on separate tracks was wrongheaded. The belief was that the only way to get sick is through the introduction of a pathogen. And the only way to get well is to get rid of it, she said. When the journalist met her at the office in Cambridge in December, She shared this story. And she came to think that what people needed to heal themselves was a psychological prime. And we're calling this here, by the way, conscious fertility, something that triggered the body to take curative measures all by itself. And she found that by gathering the old men together in New Hampshire for what she would later refer to as a counterclockwise study would be a way to test that premise. And which she did. Again, the power of the mind is just another tool to engage in your healing and helping you reach your peak fertility potential. There's another uh, study that came out where they looked at, and it's been replicated a few times, where they looked at people with multiple personality disorders, and they noticed based on which personality was present, the individual would experience significantly more changes in visual functioning between their altered personalities than from a control group. This is interesting because it wasn't so much the hardware, your body, your genes, That was the issue. It was the personality, the software that determined how well the hardware would work. In this case, vision. They go on to say that each personality may support its own style of dress, handwriting, speech pattern, manners, and walk, likes and dislikes. Even their eyeglass prescriptions and the response to medications were different based on the personality. Again, same hardware, same individual, but the personality, the software was different, and therefore they got a different response. You even notice that some of the altered personalities may have a disease that the others do not. For example, same body, but one personality would have diabetes through blood tests and the other personality, when they did the blood test, no evidence of diabetes. Same thing for asthma. Again, this is why I'm inviting you to explore using your mind to impact your subconscious mind because we know now more and more the data showing that Your thoughts and your feelings have an impact on your physicality, that your environment, the emotions, the thoughts that you're thinking regularly, the feelings that you're feeling can turn on and off genes that influence health and longevity and reproduction. So, I hope this this podcast today has inspired you to explore and look more into um, conscious work and conscious fertility work and to remind you that the steps are quieting the body and mind first. Then get clear and set your attention's what I call the GPS, what you want and why you want it. Really work on adding that emotional charge. How you feel if you were to have it, what would be different? And then we will share on future podcasts, how to clear those negative beliefs, how to remove the resistance that keeps you out of that receptive mode. And then learning to come from gratitude and appreciation, create that belief as if you already have it, which is key and then getting out of your own way so you're not attached to form and outcome. So you transform or shift from needing needing and craving it out of desperation to wanting it and desiring it. And there's a difference. That difference affects your receptivity mode. So thank you for listening to the Conscious Fertility Podcast and stay tuned for future episodes where I have other guests and conscious teachers and myself um, sharing you these tips and tools to help you change these limiting subconscious beliefs and replacing them with programs that support you and serve you better. If you're looking for support to grow your family, contact Acubalance Wellness Center. At Acubalance, they help you reach your peak fertility potential through their integrative approach using low-level laser therapy, fertility acupuncture, and naturopathic medicine. Download the Acubalance fertility diet and Dr. Brown's video for mastering manifestation and clearing subconscious blocks. Go to acubalance.ca. That's balance.ca. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Conscious Fertility, the show that helps you receive life on purpose. Please take a moment to subscribe to the show and join the community of women and men on their path to peak fertility and choosing to live consciously on purpose. I would love to continue this conversation with you, so please direct message me on Instagram at Lauren Brown Official. That's Instagram, Lauren Brown Official. Or you can visit my websites, laurenbrown.com and acubalance.ca. Until the next episode, stay curious, and for a few moments, bring your awareness to your heart center and breathe.